Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our flagship podcast here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Episode 80 of Campus Life. That's crazy to say. We're getting really, really close to 100. Do we have to do something like crazy for that episode? I don't even know when it falls, but I feel like we do. Well, it'll fall in 20 weeks, which is about five months. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't know why um, I but yeah that's so funny yeah i think but... we should do something we should do something big do something big <laughs> okay okay well we'll, we'll have figure to figure it out something we got, out. Yeah. we got five months to figure it out barely which is yeah yeah roughly 20 weeks roughly five uh five months yeah. um we're recording this pretty late tonight colin uh you got in from chicago how was that how was your trip it was awesome um so it's the first like work trip i've ever actually been on like my old company like would take everybody to cancun um at the end of the year if like you hit bonuses and stuff but that's like a work party and like that doesn't count like because there's no work being done um this was was work being done (laughs) this was a work trip um and while i didn't really do that much work because i only was gonna have one meeting and it ended up getting canceled um (laughs) It was still a lot of fun. Colin's like on the on this. He's like, yeah, there's a bomb in the building. <laughs> oh, now I have the whole day off. Whoa, oh, look at that. Crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but it was it was a lot of fun. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, I work in the restaurant supply chain business. Like it's, it's you know, we supply like restaurant equipment to, to basically anybody who needs it. Um, I work in like chains. So subways rbs chick-fil-a's that kind of stuff so it was a big convention for that you know got to see some cool new products that are going to be hitting the line soon um i got to try new flavors of white claws that is going to be hitting the market very soon what was the craziest flavor of white claw there was there anything like like pistachio or like something really fucking budge no no i didn't have to sign an nda so i think i could talk about it but it's uh there's an acai one that's coming out that's really good oh there you have it folks check your local store in the next few months maybe by the time we have our 100th episode they'll be out and we can celebrate with them yeah um but definitely the coolest part was meeting um was meeting brandy chastain her brother um her brother Chad had a company there uh, and he got her to come and, you know, sign autographs, that kind of stuff. So I got an autograph, got a picture with her. Uh, it's pretty cool. She's iconic. She, he's never going to wash that, that hand again that he shook her hand with. I know it. Nope. Still haven't. That, Biggest was, that was a couple days ago. I bet, I bet your fiance will love that. Um, well, while she you had, were in, she had no idea who she was. Of course, of course. Uh, well, while you were in Chicago, just, you know, lounging around, no meetings, um, living your best life. I was at Elite 11 this weekend calling a, a, a an Elite 11 regional that, if I remember correctly now, I think you were also supposed to be at with me. Yeah, now that you mention it, I think. So I had a similar experience where I was away uh, by myself. My, my wife did not go with me, so I went. I stayed right across the street from Joe Theismann's restaurant, so ate at that. Um, it was nothing special, um, okay. to be honest. I was a little disappointed. Um, wasn't bad, just wasn't wasn't amazing either. Um, I've never really been to like Alexandria before. Um, yeah. Cute little area. That's where the the uh, the DC regional was. Um, I'm I'm adding in these details because the Elite Eleven itself was not a 
particularly special group mm-hmm. um, at this one for the 2023 class, at least um, no, no four star kids, like not even really any high three stars. Um, the, the best two kids there were 2024 kids, um, including uh, Dante Reno, <clears throat> um, who I, I thought was the best player there. I think he ended up finishing sixth in like their official scoring or whatever, but I, I thought he was pretty clearly the best kid there. Um, okay. So was definitely an interesting experience um, because it was a weaker group. There were like four media people there. So that was, <laughs> that was uh, a bit of a bummer. Of I was hoping to meet some people. But... You didn't so. get to schmooze. No. And it was very warm and I got, I got a little red. Um, Cause so if my wife had been there, she probably would have had sunscreen. I probably mm. would have been okay. Um, but uh, off on my own, obviously did not even register. So, uh, Austin got a little red, but made it home. Here we are, and uh, yeah, I think uh, we've got a, we we actually have a, quite a bit to talk about tonight. We for do a, for a show that I kind of threw yeah. together last minute. Oh, yeah. I'm not supposed no. to say that. I'll edit that out. <laughs> later. Um, no, I like uh, I do like a lot of topics that you're going to bring up here. Um, but before we get into that, I just want to cut you, you off. I want to address my something. intro thing. I'm going to be pissed. Okay. So, like, all right. Well, before we start, though, this podcast is part. Of- oh no! 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 Um, I just wanted to address: there won't be any cooking with Colin this week. I know yeah. we promised it last week. I got home at like seven thirty, seven seven thirty ish from the airport. Um, I did not cook. My fiance threw together a wonderful beef stew, um, but I did get a cookbook in the mail from a, a listener. Did you really? Uh, and, and a friend of the show, Delaney. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, she she sent uh, Snoop Dogg's cookbook. Uh, I opened that up, looking through. Uh, and there's a really nice mac and cheese recipe in there I'm looking forward to trying. Mm, it's, so it's a shout out there. Cool. Yeah. Um, shout out there. So they're, Cooking with Colin will be back next week. Yeah. And I actually meant to make a note of that to, to tell you. Um, I know. Well, I think I did actually. and just, you know, uh, glossed right over it. Um, Last little piece of housekeeping here, guys, and then we will, um, I promise, uh, stop talking about uh, non-football related things. Uh, The Debbie Guide for Campus to Canton, if you guys uh, are not familiar uh, or are unaware, uh, Campus to Canton, uh, we already did our freshman supplemental guide. That is out. It's available, $20 uh, to purchase that. Any yearly uh, scholarship or NIL member uh, gets that uh, included with their membership. So uh, if you want more than just the guide, go ahead and do that. You can get it that way. Uh, we also have a Debbie guide coming out, guys. It's going to be like 265, 270 profiles, um, advanced stats, like full player breakdowns in every single player, rankings, ADP. Um, going to be a pretty awesome uh, 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 item for you to purchase yeah. if you want. Um NIL yearly members comes with their membership. Otherwise, it's going to be $20 for anybody who wants to do that. And it is available for pre-order already at campusdecant.com. So go ahead, go over there, uh, give it a shot. I promise you are not going to be disappointed. Um, we are part of the Fantasy Points Media Group. Um, bunch of other great podcasts over there. They keep adding shows. They are all great. I tried to listen to as many of them as I possibly can. Uh, each week, it's a tall task listening to all those and all the ones from Campus to Can. So many podcasts, but you can find all of them in one place at Fantasy Points Live, or you can check out their weekly Friday drop that recaps the week uh, within the Fantasy Points Media Group. Um, news: Two pieces of news that we're going to talk about here tonight. Uh, Matt Landers didn't make the cut. 
transferring to, from Toledo to Arkansas. And I believe they've covered that sufficiently on Chasing the Natty. So if you haven't listened to either of those two past shows, it uh, has been a topic of conversation on there. A wide receiver that's slightly better than Matt Landers is Jordan Addison, formerly of Pitt, now officially headed to USC. Um I think, you know, we, we talked a lot about this a few weeks ago. Should he go to USC? Should he go to Texas? Uh, we might have even tossed Bama in there, although I think they were always a distant third in this conversation. Um, we still digging this this spot for him? I mean, I, I, there's nothing really in the way there of him be, having a, a, a very good season, probably. No, I don't think there really is anything in the way of him having a really good year there. Um, I think that yeah, we're still digging this. Definitely hurts Mario Williams. Um, you know, any potential like huge boom breakout year that you were looking to have, you know. So if you want to make a repeat bet with uh, with Felix, you know, you could probably feel pretty good about that one, about Mario Williams. But yeah, I think this is a be this will be good for for Addison too. And you know, like I said before, we were talking about it. Um, I do think this ultimately will will help his draft cap a little bit, just getting some name cachet behind it from USC and Lincoln Riley offense. Not that I think there was really any doubt that he was going to go in the first round anyway, um, but I think this ultimately we like this. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have that much more to say about this. Uh, we we talked about it for a pretty hefty amount of time a few weeks back. Uh, I don't remember exactly which episode, so I apologize. I cannot uh, direct you here live uh, uh, to one of those. Just go listen to the whole catalog if you haven't. Come on now. Um, you only have 80 Camps Life to, to catch up on. It's not. Yeah, it's like easy. It's like, it's like a year and a half. That's it. Easy. Um, wow, it's almost been two years. That's that's crazy. Um, yeah. I mean, I th- yeah, I think it's a good spot for him. I think it does nerf Mario Williams, you know, like uh, like we talked about a few weeks ago, I think. There was like an outside chance, you know, a 1% chance based on how bad their defense is, how much they're going to have to pass Lincoln Riley's system in the first place and the rest of that wide receiver room all combined. Like there was like a 1% chance that that the the sheer volume that Mari Williams was going to going to see this year could have been a Bolitnikov level mm-hmm. volume, like just just straight up because they're they're going to have to score 40 plus points a game if they want to to do anything this year. That defense is just bad. Um, yes, it, it, they just torched him in that that spring game. Um, so I think this is really good. I mean, this, this hurts him a little bit. It's a good spot for Addison. I think he'll actually produce there a little better than he would have at Texas, um, just because you know there's 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 fewer mouths to feed there. Um, and again, they're probably going to be uh, uh, behind or or going back and forth a pretty decent amount. Um, other than that, I don't have much to add. I think he's going to be a first round wide receiver. I don't know that this boosts him any higher. Uh, in terms of like jumping him in the order, no, like I don't think it jumps you know him in I mean? the order. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the I, only, I, I think a lot of people debate about him and Quentin Johnston mm-hmm. as their third guy, and it really depends who you talk to. I think people are fairly split on that. Johnston, obviously, uh, a little bigger, a little you know, maybe a little faster, but Addison has like actually done it, which is yeah. <laughs> appealing. Um, so I yeah I think I, maybe maybe it solidifies him as the third guy or something. It de- I mean, depending on what Keishon Butte's uh, Achilles and and medicals look like, you know, we shall see. But I, I don't know that this like I think he was going to be a first round guy anyway. Like I, I really don't know that this this helps him out that much. Um, the bigger piece of news here, actually, Colin, and I feel like we're we're not breaking this. Like I found this story somewhere, mm-hmm. but I've literally not heard anybody talk about this. I don't know how 
we missed it. I don't know. Like everybody missed it. I've, I've literally not heard anybody say this. Like Logan Diggs, the second year running back for the Notre Dame fighting Irish. Um, we thought, you know, he probably wasn't going to be like the elk cow there. We thought he'd have a pretty substantial role based on how he was using the bowl game and, and Kyron Williams being gone. I was reading, uh, they have like those state of the programs that they're doing right now in the athletic. Yeah. They're, they're covering all the teams. Notre Dame came out today or yesterday or something. I was reading it. And it just like matter of factly, there's a sentence in the middle of the article that goes, yeah, Logan Diggs suffered a torn labrum in the spring game. We don't know when he's going to be back. And I was like, what? This was, this was not reported <laughs> anywhere. Like I was, I was like, on our discord. I was like, did, did I miss this? Like, that's kind of big news for a backfield that's unsettled. And we're kind of trying to parse out where the touches are going to go. Like if, if he's not ready by, by the beginning of the season here, uh, that shifts some values up for uh, Chris Tyree, for Audric Estime, for Jadarian Price, maybe the true freshman there. I mean, what the heck? (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. That one, that one really surprised me too. Um, I, th- I feel like I saw that mentioned maybe in the discord at some point um, over this weekend. I was kind of in and out, but yeah, I, 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 I hate that it kind of pushes Audric Estime up because I don't really think he's particularly good, but they're going to need like a thunder compliment to go with Tyree because Tyree really can't handle that big of a workload at his, at his size. Uh, and I don't know if uh, price the weight with price was a big concern with me when he was coming in. It sounds like he's added a little bit of weight, but I, I don't think he's going to be ready to handle that bulk of, of carries either. Um, so if Diggs is not ready for the fall, it kind of artificially bumps up estimate. Again, I don't really know how much I'm necessarily buying that. I think it just kind of hurts. It just hurts Diggs really in my eyes. It doesn't really boost up estimate for me personally. Uh, this is not, the Notre Dame team of three to five years ago. Like I, I don't, uh, the, the option before would have been, okay, what running back absorbs all these touches. And now part of me wonders, do they just pass the ball a little bit more? I mean, I think they, they do like what they have there. Uh, Tyree's Tyree's going to get a lot of work in the passing game. And I'm, I'm assuming he'll get like 12 ish touches a game, maybe 12 to 15, somewhere in that range. I don't think it's going to be too many more than that. Price might get a handful and estimate. I still think he's kind of a goal line guy, you know, uh, short yardage situations. But I don't think that this is a team where they're saying, you know, we have to run the ball 25 times a game. I think if 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 Diggs is out and they don't have another guy they really trust to kind of be that all arounder, I think they just throw it a little more. And Tyler uh, Butchner or Buchner or whatever is is very capable of running himself. So I'm not sure that there. This is just as simple as we pivot off Diggs and we go somewhere else. Uh, just kind of reading everything that's going on there. And I, I know they keep saying they like estimate guys. I will go to my grave saying this. He is, I, I, I am not a fan of his. I just don't think he's the kind of guy that you're, you're trying to give double digit touches to in neutral game situations like that. That's not the guy you want to put the ball in his hands. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, I agree with you there. It's probably just as an uptick in, in passing volume, which, you know, teaser for a little later that's something we're going to talk about a little bit uh but yeah another guy that is, is interesting and i just now thought about it um jabran i think is how you say his name jabran Payne. uh it was a guy in this recruiting class the 2022 class originally was going to indiana um 
almost positive I saw he like they let him out of his he commitment. Did. He's back he at, his, at he followed his running back coach. Then. Yeah, so he's back at Notre Dame. Um, you know, I don't know necessarily how much he's going to get a lot of work there because I didn't particularly love him. I think he's very similar to Estime, but that's just also maybe a name to just keep an eye on. Just, um, just throw them on the watch list. So just to toss this out, and again, we can be hilariously wrong on some of these guys. Uh, I think Jabran Payne stinks. And I don't say that lightly. I, he's really bad. And there are, I'm pretty sure, like serious concerns about his health. Oh. I think he has like a knee or something that like is hmm. dodgy. Um, so like from what I've heard, Indiana had no problem saying goodbye. And Indiana is not exactly stacked in the backfield. So that'll tell like I he I think I had him in my tier of I'm not interested at all. And it's pretty difficult to get in that tier. Um, him and a handful of other guys, including Quintavious Lockett, who's like 290 pounds. <laughs> like that that was the company he was keeping uh, this offseason in my rank. So again, we some of these guys make us look really stupid. Um, but he is not I, I feel pretty good about saying that I just don't care about him at all personally. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. Like, I don't think he was a world beater or anything, but um, I think he fits that role, and I think he's very similar to Estime. Payne? Isn't he kind of tiny? I don't think so. I think he was like 210. Um, yeah, but I, th I think that's, like I said, I don't necessarily love him either, but he's there. It's another body. Okay, okay. Um, Telling tell us where the bodies are. Uh, yeah, he's 190. Yeah, he's, so not, he's, he's not, not big. a big guy. Yeah, he no. doesn't have a frame either. Um, I don't know. I thought he was like 210. I don't, I don't know why he maybe because he's so slow. Maybe that's why I thought he was big. <laughs> yeah, I and not really not interested at all. Um, all right, Colin, we have two um kind of uh, broad topics here tonight. Uh, the first one here is going to be some breakout candidates, and I we just each picked a guy from each you know, freshman, sophomore, junior. We didn't pick seniors because if they haven't done it by then, I'm probably not super interested. Um, we each picked a player, just one player, not even one each position. Just one player that that we think is going to have a big year. Um, and I think, you know, you can still go buy them for a, a relatively decent price. Uh, freshman, Colin, I'm really actually a little surprised um, that you have this one. Go, go ahead. Well, you know, I like to keep you on your toes a little bit. Um, but I think a guy that could have a really nice breakout year this year is uh, Rayshon Luke, running back, going to Arizona. Uh, he was not on campus in the spring. So, you know, that's why you haven't really heard anything about him. He hasn't really done anything. Um, but the last time we saw him, he was absolutely electric in the uh, All-American Bowl. He earned the MVP honors. He had a 64-yard touchdown run. He had another touchdown where he caught it and ran. Um, he returned some kicks well. He was just – he was electric, absolutely electric. Um, he's tiny, 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 tiny guy. But uh, I think that he's very different than anything else that they have on the roster there running back-wise. Um, you know, the, they, they keep wanting to make Stevie Rocker a thing. Jonah Coleman – Looks pretty good this spring too, uh, but I think he's the type of guy that you just get him on the field, get the ball in his hands in some capacity, and just let him do his thing. Now I don't think he's going to be toting the rock, you know, probably not even like double digit times a game. I'd be surprised about that, but 
I could see him getting multiple catches a game, having some big kick returns too, which you know doesn't necessarily help you out depending on the league you're in. But I think he's going to have a big year, and he's somebody that we're going to be talking about as a CFF um, option entering year two. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, we, we've talked a lot about him on this show as kind of um, uh, that's a good spot for him because he can kind of just be like their versatile offensive weapon. And it's not like they're going to just ask him to be a running back or a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I could see a, a seven McGee ish type evolution for him. Mm-hmm. And I know we haven't seen seven McGee do it yet, but for those that don't know, he's a second year RB wide receiver hybrid. I think now at this point, he's probably more wide receiver. He entered college at like 170. I had him pretty low in my rankings. I was like, there's just no way that this guy can function as a running back at that size. He shifted wide receiver. He's apparently looked pretty good in the slot for Oregon this, this spring. So I'm not sure how heavily that offense is going to feature the slot, but um, so I could see Rayshon Luke doing something similar there uh, with Coleman as, as obviously the, 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 the lead back. You've got Ted McMillan, you've got Cam Burton, you've got some, or Burnett, you've got some other guys there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think he's uh uh, singer is that the other wide receiver they have there he's not too bad himself yeah singer or stringer one of those two i think it's singer um yeah. so yeah i mean uh, luke i could see kind of filling that third quote unquote third wide receiver role uh when all is said and done i don't know that we see like that might take a whole year to develop like that yeah. role for him though like i'm not I, I don't know how much i expect from him this year maybe a, a long touchdown i don't know maybe he'll be on kickoffs i, I, I don't know or punts yeah or i mean i I think he's the type of player that you definitely put out there on kickoffs with how electric he is. But I think he's just going to be a versatile piece that they can, you know, they're not, like I said, they're not going to even give him double digit carries a game. But, you know, if they give him like five to seven carries uh, every game, you know, I think he could have some nice uh, games there, you know, dump it off out of the backfield, let him go to work in the spring game. It's going to be manufactured type touches, um, you know, but I think that he's, he's a good enough player. He's explosive enough. And, you know, Arizona's offense, too, is not – It's it, it, the, the Arizona's still not like a very good team, so their offense is going to kind of have to carry them a little bit. And Jaden Dara does check the ball down a good amount. Uh, so I, I think he could have a nice year. It's tough to pick um, the freshman breakout candidates, too, because you don't want to pick anybody too high, and you took a very good one. Oh, thank you. Um, I think I'm I'm probably a little biased at this point since I, I've spoken with Mr. Damian Martinez, but he's the guy I chose. Um, it, it, the 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 local, you know, beat reporter folks seem to suggest that at worst, like this is this is a pretty dead heat for this job. Oregon State in the the past few years has leaned on one back more often than not. At once they find one, uh, as Damian told us or told me when when i sat down with him you know it's it's kind of a one cut type offense which is really what he excels in uh get downhill quickly he's not dancing around too much in the backfield so he kind of fits what they want uh and and he's been really really good there so i think you know a three-star guy there uh really only deshaun fenwick in his way how good is deshaun fenwick i don't think he's a bad player i'm not sure that he's special and granted again I really like Danny Martinez. I don't know that he's a special back, but I certainly think at a place like Oregon State, he can be a kind of guy that you build an offense around for you know multiple years. Could I see that happening this year? Yeah, and I, I'm still a little um, you know off him as, as, as with some pro potential. Um, when I, I said this, we we talked a little in the Discord yesterday. Alfred is the first person that that I know that ever talked about Damian Martinez. He messaged me 
months ago. Like, go look at this kid. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm giving him props all over the place, and he'll never hear this because he doesn't yeah. listen to any of the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I should just start claiming him for myself. But no, Alfred yeah. was the first person. He messaged me. He said, go watch this kid. I watched him. I was like, he kind of reminds me of Rakeem Boyd a little bit. Like, that's a really good college running back. Is he an NFL back, though? Like, in that, I still wonder about Damian Martinez a little bit. Is he an NFL-level athlete? Will Oregon State give him the platform that he needs? Like, I know you're big on the Sean Tucker. What what has Syracuse done for me lately? <laughs> what has Oregon State done for us lately? Really? Like, Jaquiz Rogers had a handful of games in the NFL, but he mm. wasn't drafted highly. Um, uh, the kid a couple years ago went to Detroit at, like, the end of the draft. Jamar. Jamar yes, Jefferson. Jamar Jefferson. And then before that, it was Brandon Cooks, his wide receiver. And that was like eight years ago at this point. Like they don't produce a lot of uh, of high-end talent there. So I'm I'm still a little off his his NFL potential, but I think there's a lot of potential there for him to be a really good college back for you over the next few years. Yeah, I like that call a lot. Uh, I think – and a lot of the beat writers uh, – I was listening to the Cover 3 podcast, and they were talking to the, the Oregon State guy, and he said that if – Anybody on that roster is a thousand yard running back this year. He said he thinks it's probably going to be a committee, but he said if anybody on that roster is a thousand yard running back this year, it's Damian Martinez. Yeah. Oh, so there you go. You've heard you heard it there first. Now you heard it here. Um, go get yourself some Damian Martinez. Um, sophomores, Colin. Who you got breaking out? Or uh, second year guys? Yeah, because we'll some of these guys are definitely not listed as sophomores. <laughs> yeah, second year guys. Um, I think somebody who's going to have a big year this year. Uh, and and I'm not really reaching that far on this one. I stayed pretty high, but he's just a guy that I really haven't heard that many people talking about lately. Um, it's Tyler Buckner, Buchner, uh, for no, quarterback for Notre Dame. Brian Kelly is is gone, uh, but they're keeping Tommy Reese, the OC. Well, they're promoting him to OC. Um, you know, and quarterback coach kind of a thing. Offense he is going to be already was the OC, but they're going to be giving him like the the reins to this offense giving them the green light yeah i think they're gonna be give... ready to go right now yeah. they're gonna be giving them the green light with this offense uh and tyler Buck- um, buckner is, is an electric runner um fun fact he's actually the leading returning rusher for them from last year he had 336 yards and three touchdowns um behind kyron williams that's that's the most um logan digs 230 yards three touchdowns so electric as a runner in limited sample size, uh, you know, I think he's, he's got a good arm. He needed to develop as a passer. You know, he was hurting a lot in, in high school and then he had the COVID year. So he didn't really get a lot of, a lot of exposure there. He needed to develop. He needed a year to sit, but I think that's going to do him really well. As long as he cannot trip going downstairs and hurt his ankle. Uh, I think he's going to have a huge year this year. That's very bold of you, Colin. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like Felix should be here for this since he always gives me crap for my my lukewarm takes over on Debbie Debates. Um, Wednesday but night's th- live, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. You're right. I, I'm not going out on a big limb here, but I think he's going to be somebody that we vault up into that upper echelon of quarterbacks for next year. You know, It's going to be Caleb Williams, Quinn Ewers, Jackson Dart. I think you're going to hear Buckner's name start to be mentioned in that after this year it's certainly possible um yeah it's good i think it'll be a pretty uh, pretty solid offense this year um and he threw jack cone through for 3100 yards 25 touchdowns last year like i think that's kind of a floor for him passing jack cone's a stud though that's a good point 
Did he get that's, drafted? That that's NFL quarterback Jack Cohn too. Uh I don't think he got drafted, but I think he got picked up somewhere. If I remember correctly. Yeah. I feel like the Saints picked him up, maybe. They love those former, I don't know why that sticks uh, out in my head. Those those former uh I think he's an indie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. I think he was undrafted. Um, so um I chose Dwayne Lofton. I went a little I went a little deeper, but it is, you know, we're we're playing the hits again. This was this was a, a guy I talked about a little last offseason. Um gonna be in his second year at at Virginia Tech. 5'11, 190. That's that's pretty good size. I mean, he could be a little bigger, but but I don't hate that. Um his freshman year last year, true freshman year, 12 games, seven catches, 93 yards, a touchdown. Um, really, really good athlete. Um, like I I don't think that point can be overstated. Like he's just a a really 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 dynamic athlete. He's the kind of guy that you just like at Virginia Tech. He's probably going to be your best offensive weapon, like athleticism wise. You just get him the ball as many different ways as possible. I I'm looking forward to him there. Uh, Mike did a really good write up on him for the Debbie Guide coming up. Um, you know they lose uh, Trey Turner, they lose uh, Tavian Robinson, so the top two weapons gone from last year. Uh, uh, Grant Wells coming in there. The quarterback is competent quarterback play. I don't know if I'll give him more than that, but competent quarterback <laughs> play, and that that's more than good enough at a school like Virginia Tech. Um, and I th- I think there there could be a real connection there. I th- the nice thing about Lofton is I think he can win deep as well. Um, and, and I don't know how much kickoff or, or punt return stuff he'll do, but I think he can do that too. Um, so a guy that I I, I have some eyes on here. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he, he can do there. Uh, and it would not shock me if he finishes 60 ish catches, 55 catches for like 900 yards and a handful of touchdowns. Like, I think that's well within uh, a range of outcomes there. If he does end up being their lead receiver, which it sounds like he might be, he was there. I think their spring offensive MVP or something. Yeah. Uh, I liked him last year too, coming out. I mean, you were the first person I really heard talk about him. Uh, you know, you're the one who, who turned me on to him too. And in leagues where you don't have him, I typically have him. So, uh, yeah, I think he's a great player. I think he's electric. Uh, like you said, the ball in his hands. I think he uh, he could have a really nice year. I think that was a good call, too. Um, Third-year players, Colin, quote-unquote juniors. Yeah, um, so I think this one, I'm going off the beaten path here. You know, somebody that I've never really talked too much about before. Um, Jalen McMillan, I think, will be the breakout guy this year. Talk about playing the hits. <laughs> um, no, I, I had had to sneak that one in there. I, I think Cam Wiley, uh, another guy that I have talked about a little bit before, but I think Cam Wiley is going to be uh, a breakout this year here. Uh, we know we want um, Joe Moorhead running backs. Uh, you know, he, I mean, we saw it from C.J. Verdell when he was healthy last year. We saw it from Travis Dye after he took over. You know, we've seen it year after year after year. We want the, the running back in that offense. Um you know, John's, John Zell Norrell's is still there, um, but it sounds like Wiley had a really nice spring there. So, and I think Wiley is just, Wiley's like a more dynamic rusher, I think, you know, so I, I think he's going to have a really big year this year statistically. And, you know, is it going to turn into draft capital? No, probably not. But uh, for your C2C side, for your college production side, he's a guy that I'm targeting pretty heavily. It's funny because I actually think if I had to choose one, I'll choose Norrell's over him. I don't see Norrell's get drafted a lot, though. I don't know how much I see Cam Wiley get drafted either, though. Seems like no one's no one's really in on the Akron backfield. I'm I am shocked. I I have I've double dipped. Uh, I've oh, taken Norrell's in a couple again. places. 
And once I mean, with running backs, then I can just cut them. Well, yes, but I think with with Norrell's and Wiley, if they do end up splitting the backfield, um, you know, it'll nerf them a little bit. But I think that we can still see two fairly productive backs from them. Um, maybe and Joe Moorhead could see mm-hmm. it. I don't know. And it's it's Mac, man. Like, don't play defense. Yeah, I feel like that's well. No, there's some there's some big rushers that come from the Mac. Yeah, too. Ohio. Brian Kobach last year from Toledo. I think you're forgetting the big one from last year. Uh, hmm, Lou Nichols. There you go. <laughs> I was gonna say his his last name is a is no. a a piece of of currency that you got there on your own. Um. Rashad Penny. There you go. Got it. Um, yeah, I should have been more specific. Um, Sean Dollars. <laughs> Benjamin Deutschmark. <laughs> That's not a real person. I believe you. You had me. Is there a, is there a guy whose last name was Pound? Peso. <laughs> yeah, really good running back too. Um, um, I chose I chose Titus Swen. Um, I cheated a little bit because I think he is technically a fourth-year guy. Um, but it's listed as a junior on the website, so well, I went with it. Um, so, I, like, I mean, he already kind of broke out down the stretch last year over Tokusavian Valaday. I think he's going to have a nice year uh, in that that Wyoming offense. They, they generally produce a pretty strong rushing game, and he did have uh, 1,100 yards last year. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's 1100 in his entire career. Um, he had like <laughs> he had like 800 or something last year. Yeah. Um, the thing that I am slightly concerned about is that like I think Wyoming is just going to be bad. Like mm-hmm. they might be one of the worst football teams in all of FBS next year, um, which is slightly concerning considering you know he's a running back and we kind of would prefer them to be ahead in games so he could get some 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 touches that way. Um, and I'm not sure like he had. I think four catches last year or something, five catches. Like it's not a lot. Um, so if he can't, if he can't catch passes, we may be in for some trouble, but I do, I do think that he can have a nice year over a thousand yards. He goes really, really late in drafts for C2C for CFF. He, he goes unless you're Chris Moxley relatively early. Um, well, I I've seen Chris Moxley's most recent draft. So, you know, I'm not too worried about what Chris Moxley's <laughs> doing at the moment. Um, <laughs> Uh, if anybody wants to go check that out, go check out the program. Uh, have have been live tweeting uh, this draft as it's rolled along. The team with all freshmen is Chris's, so go check that out. Um, so yeah, Titus one. I think I expect a, a nice year out of him. I don't know if he'll ever really be a true NFL guy, but maybe. Yeah, probably not a true NFL guy. Uh, I do think he'll have a really nice year. I just and he does go really, really late too. But the big thing that with with Swen that you touched on is I just think Wyoming is going to be really bad. Um, you know, so we we saw that with Zavian Valaday. I mean, he put up like 1,100 yards. You know, he was very consistent, and then he had like a handful of touchdowns. So yeah, I, don't, I think that the touchdown, the limited touchdown ceiling, I think is going to hurt Swen a little bit. But I absolutely think over a thousand yards definitely. Uh, you you can put you can pencil that in pretty confidently. Um, so the other big uh, topic here tonight, Colin, we blew through that pretty quick. Um, so this is inspired uh, yesterday on my way home from Elite Eleven. Uh, we did a little AMA in the um, 
and the Discord. No, we do those from time to time. I initially set it up to talk about Elite 11, but nothing really happened with the 2023 class. So I, I talked for about two minutes and that was it. Um, but somebody asked this really good question. I, I believe it was Sue Ann in our Discord. So shout out to her. Um, she's she's great. Uh, she's always in, in, the, in the AMAs and stuff. And she asked, um, if you, it's the 45th round and you have to take a quarterback. Who's the guy that, that you're kind of kind of considering at the end of drafts? And it was a really good question. And the answer that I gave was actually the one I'm going to give here tonight. But there were like ten people in there, so you know, as not like that's a that's a small portion of our audience. So um, I figured I could get away with doing it again here tonight. Um, but so th- this is my super secret 45th round stash, where we each picked a couple of names of people that players that you know they really aren't drafted, but we like drafting them at the end of drafts is, is kind of a stash or a sleeper for this year. I thought this was a, a fun topic. So, uh, and Colin, you have two guys that uh, I don't know that I've seen rostered in any leagues this year. So, uh, and I would assume, well, I think mine are, but I have well, a I'm the one that has most of them. So, <laughs> I have my guy in one. Uh, he somebody else took him in another, um, and then it's one of the guys there. But the well, who's I, your first guy? I'm just going. All right. Well, so so my first guy is is Dan Villari. Um, quarterback for Syracuse. So I was originally going to say Justin Lamson, um, quarterback for Syracuse. You know, Garrett Schrader. Uh, I, I like Garrett Schrader. I think he's going to be electric when he's on the field, but he's not that great of a passer. Uh, you know, and I could definitely see a point where Robert and I, new new coach coming in, um, you know, he might get sick of him not being able to throw the ball that well. Uh, and if I was thinking if Justin Lamson, you know, he looked good this spring. Uh, you know, he could have possibly taken over there. However, as I was researching this, I did find Justin Lamson is out indefinitely after having knee surgery. Um, but in that same article, I did see Dan Villari uh, was a former uh, Michigan quarterback. Uh, he was at Michigan. He transferred to Syracuse there. Um, and they said he also looked pretty good this spring. Um, so I think basically my my logic here is I want the Syracuse quarterback. Uh, I think it's going to be Schrader. Schrader may not start the full year. There's a little bit of doubt on that one. So I, I do want that that backup there. Uh, and then they'll both have like extra years of eligibility. So I'm going to take a last round stab there on Valeri. Uh, I do have to now cut Lamson in at least one place. Uh, that's an interesting one that you're you're willing to spend your 45th pick on the probably Backup Syracuse third third <laughs> quarterback on Syracuse's depth chart. I don't know that that statement's ever been uttered on any sort of fantasy sports podcast. So I feel like we should have some award for that. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll send you something in the mail. Um, Another cookbook. It's a, that'll be a big bag full of turds. Cause that's what <laughs> um, like I said, I, I, I wanted to say Justin Lampson, but that knee surgery uh, out indefinitely there. So Dan Villari. Um, so my first one is a quarterback, and this, this was my answer the other day when somebody asked me this, and it's Jordan Travis, the quarterback of Florida State. Um, I've taken him for $1 at the end of supplemental auctions this offseason. I just I have him queued up. I'm not sure if I'm going to take him yet. I'm in a supplemental draft. I'm a 10th round pick here. Um, I, I'm not sure if I need another quarterback on that team. Um, I, but he, he's been a free agent in virtually every single league I'm in. Uh, and if I need QB help and everybody else is kind of quarterback hungry, then yeah, I'm going Jordan Travis. So he he started off the year kind of rough last year. 
Uh, I think in his first, he had like a game with like one point and a game with 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 another single digit one in his first two or three games. But after he kind of got going, his last seven games uh, for Florida State, and he scored over twenty five points seven times, and he scored over thirty three times in their last sorry ten games. So he had a, a quite a few good games last year down the stretch. He is a rushing threat. He had 530 yard rush yards last year, and that's with the sack totals in there. I did not go dig through PFF to find his actual rushing amount. So probably, you know, seven, 800 yards uh, minimum there for him. A handful of rushing touchdowns. They added some receiving weapons this year. And whatever you think of Johnny Wilson, of Micah Pittman, of some of these other guys there, and granted, I don't think they're very good either. Um, they're they're better than probably what they had last year. Plus, Malik McLean uh, returns amongst others. He's a guy that I just don't really hear anybody talking about. I'm not saying that he's going to be a QB one. He probably won't even be a QB two. But I think he's a guy that's sneaky that can be a bye week fill in for you. They they have a couple tough games in their schedule. They play Miami. They play Clemson. But they also play. They open the season with Duquesne. If your league lets you play guys that are playing non FBS opponents, you're going to want. Jordan Travis in week one playing Duquesne. Duquesne's here in Pittsburgh for anybody that's never heard of them. They are the uh, redheaded stepchild uh, of Pitt. We we do not uh, 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 respect them as a sports school very much. Uh, their football team is generally very bad. They're going to hang probably 50 on, on Duquesne pretty easily. Like, I, there, are, there are multiple games on their schedule that I think are, are potential for high scoring. So I really like him. I, I think, and he's basically free. I would definitely advocate going to get him. I don't think he is any worse than the tier of player that Daquan Finn might fall into, or uh, Darren Granger at, at Georgia State. Like, I, I, there, there are a lot of different places, uh, uh, guys like that that I think he's he's potential to have just as good, if not a better season. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, the the ACC's defenses aren't particularly imposing. Um, no. And he's definitely, definitely a rushing threat. So, yeah, I think he can absolutely put up some weeks where, you know, he could he could win you a week, um, you know, if you needed to start him. Um, back to you. My, my next guy here is uh, Sam Pinckney, wide receiver for Coastal Carolina. Um, so he was a wide receiver for Georgia State. Um he transferred to Coastal Carolina this offseason, which is something that's kind of gone under the radar here. Uh, he had a really nice 2020, um, 815 yards, seven touchdowns for a Georgia State team. And then that offense last year, uh, it took a while for them to get going. And then he just kind of fell off. But going to Coastal, they lost a, a lot of their receiving production there. And Isaiah Likely and Javon Halai. Um, you know, so Grayson McCall, it, he's a competent passer at, at, at minimum. Um, you know, he throws the ball. He, he can support uh, like a guy like Halai, um, who was a, a every week starter for you. Uh, he had some big weeks there, too. So they're going to need somebody to replace him. Uh, and Chadwell, the coach there, uh, says he thinks that um, Pinkney could be an all-conference type of a player. This year, he said he's very similar to Javon Halai. It sounds like he's going to play that role. Um, so, you know, maybe he doesn't put up exactly what Halai did, but I think he could have a really nice year this year. And he's a guy that's basically free. Um, I picked him up in like a couple places. 
he might be roster places left over from his mm-hmm. time at uh what was it georgia state georgia southern georgia state yeah georgia state yeah because uh, i do remember him being a hot name there for for a second um uh, before uh not living up to that it's pretty crazy how that whole offense like turned over in like half a half a season yeah like the, the two guys we thought were gonna be there one of them's the quarter whoever the quarterback was i forget what middle tennessee now or something yeah cornelius brown the yeah, fourth yeah yeah how could i forget the polo the polo star cornelius brown the fourth quad brown um uh, so I, I chose two wide receivers kind of as my last one here, Jair Shorter and uh, Roderick Burns. Um, I was faced with a lot of really difficult decisions this offseason. I'm glad that I was kind of able to drag them out as long as possible. Um, where I have a lot of Jair Shorter and a lot of Roderick Burns rostered. They're both wide receivers at North Texas. I initially drafted a lot of Jair Shorter last year, and then he played. He got banged up early and, and, and really did not have a great season. Uh, I picked Roderick Burns up because he ended up kind of becoming the guy there. Um, and then I was kind of like, well, I don't really know what I want to do. This offense is going to be terrible. They have no real quarterback like Austin Ani. It really, really stinks. And then, uh, uh, oh, Grant now <laughs> comes down from the sky and gives us a competent quarterback at North Texas, which is really great because that is a, a pass heavy offense. Um, and I think it can possibly support two wide receivers. I mean, last year Burns had 58 catches, 802 yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, and, and shorter, shorter had like six catches. Like he he really did nothing. But I, I do think those two will be the two main guys there. I anticipate a, a better year for North Texas uh, through the air than they had last year. And so um, I'm back in on those guys. And I think a lot of people got burned on them last year and aren't really considering them yet. And they haven't caught up on the Grant Gannell stuff. So uh, still very much free. And I think might still very much be uh, at some point in the season, startable options for you, which is great that late. Yeah. I Man, Jair Shorter burned me in a lot of places last year, but I, I do think you're right. I think the injury um, played a big role in that. And Austin Ani not being a very good, quarterback and also being like 87 years old um, also definitely had a role in that. So I, th- I do think Grant Cannell can really unlock this offense uh, in a way that, you know, maybe we don't see a Jalen Darden 2020 type of year, um, but I do think they could have really nice years. So I'm, I am hanging on to shorter wherever I can. Uh, and I think Burns also a very good pickup there too. Yeah. Um, has, has, has made some more difficult cut decisions, but I know, I mean, at least I'd rather have, uh, hopefully then become real options. Uh, two new freshman profiles tonight. Two uh, undersized quarterbacks, we'll call them. <laughs> yeah, so my first one, my uh, my guy here, Cade Klubnik, um, five-star QB going to Clemson. Not really sure how we haven't talked about him yet, but you know we talk about so many of these guys. It's different point in time, so we just haven't done an official freshman profile on him. So... Uh, Five-star quarterback going to Clemson. Um, he was at the All-American Bowl. Looked like the best QB in the game. Won the Elite 11. Um, in high school, 100 touchdowns and five interceptions. Uh, very impressive stat there. But biggest concern probably with him right now, like you said, size. It's kind of tiny. Um, and then arm strength. It's fine. Um, you know, like you've mentioned before, um, Alan True said that, you know, seeing him live 
uh, kind of changed that and his opinion a little bit. You know, it looks like he looks live, like he has more zip than he does on tape. Um, but he still definitely needs to improve that uh, to, to be able to hit the ceiling that we're, a lot of us are projecting for him. But he's very refined as a passer. Footworks, mechanical mechanics are excellent. He's very good in structure with rhythm and his timing. Uh, I think he throws well in the move. He's very accurate. He's good ball placement as well. Um, he maneuvers the pocket really well. Feels feels the rush. Kind of slides around. Um, you know, he he throws. He looked better outside of structure in that All American Bowl game than I had thought previously. Uh, so that was nice to see too, because that was another like mild concern that I had. Um, but you know, he looks like he can operate inside and outside of structure. Uh, and he's a good athlete too. Uh, you know, he can break off some nice runs again. The size is a little bit concerning. Uh, so you, you don't really want him taking off and running too much, but if he absolutely has to, yeah, he can go pick you up a first down there. Um, so he's got a lot of good tools there. Arm strength, big concern does have a tendency to lock onto one wide receiver, uh, which I think he needs to move through progressions a little bit better. Um, but a lot of a lot of promise there for him. And then, you know, entering Clemson, DJU, we, we know the story with him there. Uh, so it would not surprise me to see Kate Klubnik get some starts this year, like we've mentioned before. Uh, and as a five-star quarterback with an opportunity to start in year one uh, at some point in time, you know, those are that that's that's what you want to bet on. Um, yeah, very bold to say that you want to bet on a five-star quarterback, Colin. Um, again, I know. You, you are, you are role-playing as me this evening, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, everything you said is, is fairly accurate there. I'd be interested to see if you can take that job this year. It sounds like the folks at Clemson or around Clemson think that it's a possibility. Um, can he be the next great Clemson quarterback? Who knows? Uh, I would be a little surprised if he's like great, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's good. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and just another note, um, you know, uh, I've told that Alan true story before. Um, being on the sideline at Elite 11 this weekend, it definitely, you can definitely see like mechanically where guys are off like way better. Um, and you can see like the the real difference in, in zip on throws. Um, so that that is definitely a, a thing. Um, so I chose Garrett Renhell. Uh, to talk about here tonight. I don't even know if we've really mentioned him too much on the show. Um, yeah, true freshman go to Oklahoma State. Um, borderline three-star, four-star kid, QB 22 in the class. Um, 6'2", 175 is what he's listed at uh, as his uh, on 24-7. I believe he's 6'2", and I think he's listed a little heavier on Oklahoma State. Um, he's pretty much like the Poor man's kid Klubnik, I guess. Like he's a very unspectacular quarterback, but like not in a, a bad way. He's he's really, really smart. Um, there's a lot of him in high school throwing like back shoulder, like timing throws, which I think is really impressive for kids that age. Like he just kind of understood, you know, I'll just put it where the other guy's not gonna get to it. I think that's that that's that's a throw that it takes guys sometimes a little a little time to pick up on in college. Um arm is average, it's okay, it's not great, it's not terrible. Um, but he does, he can put some loft on the deep ball. Um, I, I haven't seen him drive a ton of passes into to tighter coverage. So that'll be something to look out for. Um, 
bat mechanics are kind of wonky. I think he's going to clean that up a little bit, but he's not going to start this year anyway with Spencer Sanders there. Um, and he really is really no rushing upside. Like he, he's going to be in the pocket. He's not going to move around too much. So my summary of him was, you know, he's a quarterback from Texas. He had a 70% completion percentage in high school, uh, passed for r- over 10,000 yards. Um, so, you know, the physical skills aren't, aren't there, but obviously he's, he's made it, made it this far with what he's got. Uh, I, I really do think he's the next guy there, especially with Shane Illingworth, Illingworth's transfer out this offseason. So Sanders has one more year. I think he steps right in. I think he probably forms a really nice uh, 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 partnership with with Chetron and Bray and those guys that they have there. Yeah, I like Ranhell's situation a lot. I mean, as a quarterback, I think like you, see, you described it well. He's fine. You know, he's a poor man's Cade Klubnik. Uh, but the situation is something that we like a lot, you know, and I think he fits a little bit more traditionally what an Oklahoma State quarterback has looked like in the past um, rather than than Spencer Sanders. Uh, you know, Spencer Sanders is, more, is definitely more mobile than most of the Oklahoma State quarterbacks under Gundy. But Oklahoma State's system, you know, the quarterbacks put up good numbers, supports wide receivers. You know, he's definitely a guy who's going under the radar. Uh, I like Grant Hill, too. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much all I've got to say to say about him. We we sound like they're so negative on him, but like unspectacular. Like it's not a bad thing. Like I think he can be a, a yeah. solid college quarterback. Um, NFL upside. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I see it. Um, so that's gonna be it for for this week's episode, guys. Um, again, check out everything over that we have at campusdecanton.com. Uh, rankings, ADP articles. We got the Discord, uh, different tools, like all sorts of different stuff over there. Go ahead, check all that out. Go check out the guides. Other podcasts on the schedule, guys. Make sure you're listening uh, to everything that we have coming through there. A, a lot of really good shows. Chasing the Natty, uh, Campus Life and Canton Bound, Debbie Debate on Wednesdays, Hero RB Show with Noah Hills comes out Thursdays. I uh, toured Shamir Gibbs a little bit of a new one this past <laughs> week. So if you're interested to hear uh, some some uh, negative things ab- about Gibbs, I, w- I would definitely suggest uh, going to, to listen to that. And then the Future Freshman Pod comes out as well and i believe the uh the fantasy football roundtable has been uh popping up on there lately too with with matt and matt and dennis uh so go ahead check all of those out guys the officials back on youtube we've got the youtube channel um i think that's it though until next time i'm austin hey and this is colin and have a good <laughs>